As the rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, may I welcome you very warmly to this service. In these online services, sermons, readings and prayers, newly recorded by our clergy, congregation and choir members, are woven together with hymns and choir anthems drawn from our extensive archive of recordings from past services. I shall be offering this act of worship on your behalf, so please join your prayers with mine. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. It is a great delight to welcome you to St. Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the second Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world and however you are listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St. Bride's family. We begin with our opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you 
and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory. You have taught us that all our doings without love are nothing worth. Send your Holy Spirit and pour into our hearts that most excellent gift of love, the true bond of peace and of all virtues, without which whoever lives is counted dead before you. Grant this for your only Son, Jesus Christ's sake, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 21, beginning at the 8th verse. The child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. 
But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, playing with her son Isaac. So she said to Abraham, Cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not inherit along with my son Isaac. The matter was very distressing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not be distressed because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for it is through Isaac that offspring shall be named after you. As for the son of the slave woman, I will make a nation of him also, because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning, and took bread and a skin of water, and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder, along with the child, and sent her away. And she departed, and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she cast the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bowshot. For she said, Do not let me look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy, and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother got a wife for him from the land of Egypt. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The epistle is taken from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 6, beginning at the first verse. Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we, who died to sin, go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be destroyed, and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin, once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory 
Jesus said, A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher, and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and whatever you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground unperceived by your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I have just survived one of those dreadful weeks that turns out to be unbelievably challenging. The particular source of my grief, frustration, and exasperation was the non-arrival of some valuable items of computer equipment that I was expecting to be delivered here. I was variously informed by the carrier on different occasions that my delivery had been refused, which was not true, that the driver did not have any contact information so could not make the delivery, also not true, and that the delivery had in fact been safely received and signed for by someone who, as far as we were aware, didn't actually exist. What? So I spent countless miserable hours being kept on hold in queues for telephone helplines, eventually managing to speak to specialist advisors who were less than useless and being given information both electronically and verbally that turned out to be misleading, inaccurate or simply untrue. And all this in a week when I also discovered that some visiting electricians had managed to disconnect my doorbell without my realising it. Some of you may recognise the particular quality of emotional turmoil that can accompany that kind of experience, which combines misery, frustration and rage with a terrible sense of utter helplessness and despair. The whole wretched affair ended up so dominating my waking and indeed my sleeping hours that I found it difficult to concentrate on anything else. It was just awful. 
After one particularly dreadful day of trying to do battle with unhelpful helplines, your call is important to us indeed. I woke up in the early hours with the whole thing churning round in my head. Eventually, I abandoned any hope of getting back to sleep, and so I got up. By then, it was around 5 a.m. I stepped outside the house for a few moments, and I was reminded of the particular quality of light and silence and stillness that you encounter at that time of day before the world has really started to come to life. Now, it is my normal practice to spend an hour with God first thing every morning, an hour of spiritual reading, silent prayer, and the morning office. I am an early riser by nature, but never usually quite as early as that. And the hour that I spent with God on that particular morning was special in ways that I find it hard to put into words. What I can say is that by the end of it, I was in a completely different place. I felt much calmer about the whole situation. And I was also able to look much more objectively at my own emotional reaction to it. Feelings of anger and exasperation can burn up an immense amount of energy while achieving very little. So I began to realize that perhaps I needed to try and approach the whole situation from a completely different emotional starting point by being much more calm and measured and objective. And strangely enough, the minute I started to think and to behave like that, everything gradually began to fall into place. I was courteous and polite to the girl on the helpline, and she was profoundly sympathetic and went out of her way to be as helpful as she could. We made some progress. The electricians turned up again as requested and fixed the doorbell. When the time for one of the rescheduled deliveries arrived, I was keen not to miss it for a third time, so I went out onto the street at the appointed hour to look out for the van. The previous day, I would have stood there impatient and frustrated at having to waste my valuable time in that way. But instead, I decided to use that time creatively. So I took the time to look around me and observe. It is so interesting. I have lived here for nearly six years, but it is surprising what you fail to notice, even in your home environment, when you never take the time to pause and to be attentive. I learned a great deal during that 30 minutes or so about the surrounding buildings, about my neighbours, about the businesses that I could see preparing to open up after the lockdown. It felt illuminating rather than frustrating, and the rest of that day continued in the same vein. I approached a whole number of tasks in a completely different way. Indeed, I could suddenly see with absolute clarity the most appropriate way of tackling one task that was particularly difficult. And so, quite unexpectedly, all kinds of positive things started to emerge. What had started as a major problem began to feel much more like a weird sort of gift. The example I've just given is a pretty trivial one. But it is strange, isn't it, how sometimes the thing that we most need to enable us to take the first step out of despair into a situation of hope can turn out to be something that is either already very close at hand or indeed actually within us. We are just not able to see it. And I was reflecting on that when reading our Old Testament lesson this morning. Just to set the scene for that reading, 
A bitter rivalry has developed between Abraham's wife, Sarah, and his concubine, Hagar, both of whom have given birth to Abraham's sons. Sarah, jealous of her own son's inheritance, orders Abraham to cast Hagar and her baby, Ishmael, out in the wilderness. When her water runs out, knowing that they are doomed, Hagar places her child under a bush and moves some distance away. She cannot bear to watch her baby die, but nor can she abandon him completely. It is then that an angel of the Lord comes to Hagar and does two things. First, he speaks words of comfort to her, telling her, do not be afraid. And second, he opens her eyes to the fact that there is a well of water close by. The well has been there all along. Hagar has simply been unable to see it. So in this story, the angel's appearance does not suddenly cause all Hagar's problems to cease, as if by the wave of a fairy godmother's wand. Indeed, Hagar remains living out in the wilderness, and she goes on to bring up her son there. But in her moment of utter and abject despair, the message of the angel, the encouragement to cease being afraid, and the discovery that water, the means of life, was indeed close at hand, meant that Hagar suddenly found that she had the means to keep going. She could take that first step. She would survive. My own very paltry and fleeting example of distress seems trivial by comparison, of course, but I do find it fascinating that what emerged out of my own time with God that morning on a day when everything felt so desperate and out of my control, was the surprising discovery that actually I did already have within me the means of dealing with my fear, my distress, and my inner turmoil. And having made that first step, a lot of other stuff then fell into place too. What I was experiencing as a curse turned into something that felt rather more like a blessing. Our other biblical readings this morning also help to illuminate this in their different ways. St. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, reminds us that as followers of the crucified and risen Lord, how we live and how we choose to conduct ourselves are things that matter. Because of what Christ has already done for us, we need to respond. But please note the order of those two things. We do not earn Christ's forgiveness by behaving appropriately. Rather, Christ has forgiven us, and so we should respond to that life-transforming gift in how we choose to live and to shape our lives. Because that is the response of love to love. And in our gospel reading, Jesus reminds the disciples that however bleak their external circumstances may be, what truly matters is what is within them. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. And we hear again the same words that the angel spoke to Hagar. Do not be afraid. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground unperceived by your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So, do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. I have spoken of how the key to moving from despair to hope is often to be found within us or in something that is already very close to hand. 
But remember once again how it was that I experienced that insight for myself this past week. It was rooted in prayer. It was rooted in my experience of being open to God and entrusting my turmoil, my anger, and my despair to him. The strange and perplexing thing about prayer is that when approached in the spirit of openness and trust, and without any attempt to dictate to God what we think God ought to be doing in a given situation, oddly enough, it seems to work. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the Scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. In the power of the Spirit and in union with Christ, let us pray to the Father. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, you promised through your Son, Jesus Christ, to hear us when we pray in faith. We bring before you all who serve your worldwide church. Open the minds of your ministers and give them a deep understanding of the good news they preach. We give thanks for the work of our own clergy and administrators during this testing time. And we are grateful for the work of the scientists and engineers who have enabled us to develop our virtual church to our Queen and Government and all in administrative authority, grant wisdom and foresight in the exercise of their duties, that they may provide for the needs of all our people and fulfil our obligations to the whole community of nations. We pray for long-term peaceful solutions in the many countries where wars and petulance rage. Look with compassion on a world where the innocent still suffer and authority is unjust. We remember our fellow Christians who face persecution for the sake of their faith. At a time when our human family is beset by grave humanitarian crises, demanding far-sighted and united political responses, we pray that leaders will be guided by the rich spiritual and ethical values that have shaped the history of the free world and they commit themselves to the advancement of human dignity and freedom worldwide. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for members of our armed forces serving away from home, praying that when their work is done, they may return safely to their families and friends, that their labours and sacrifice may be remembered as our leaders ponder their response to continuing aggression in an uncertain world. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. 
We pray for all those involved in helping our nation to recover from the effects of the coronavirus. Give strength to our health workers and all those on the front line. Bring them your strength and comfort through the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray specifically for those whose lives have been made especially difficult by the coronavirus, particularly those from disadvantaged groups. Give peace to those who have mental health issues. Draw near to those who are facing terminal illness. Help families whose relational difficulties have been sharpened by lockdown. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, Lord, we give thanks for the lives of those who have died, especially those known to us and dear to us, who have entered into the joy of your nearer presence. Comfort all who have been bereaved, and especially families whose bereavements have been harder because they could not be with loved ones. Grant that we may follow their example in this life, and so come to share with them the glory of everlasting life, rejoicing in the fellowship of all your saints. Remembering all those who have gone before us, we commend ourselves and the whole creation to your unfailing love. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word. Through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving spirit and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, We proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts, in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your, holy, by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen.
Let us pray. Loving Father, we thank you for feeding us at the supper of your Son. Sustain us with your Spirit, that we may serve you here on earth until our joy is complete in heaven and we share in the eternal banquet with Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. to grow in holiness, to deny yourselves, take up your cross and follow him, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. <laughs>